In today's interview, 50-foot waves, Arctic expeditions, and the world's tallest mountains. Dig into the concept of adventure-based immersive learning and discover how leadership teams for top global brands are getting inspired with Matt McFadgen of the AIP Group. Okay, it's, it's that feeling you get when you, you take on something new, challenging, different, out of your comfort zone. And as you set that North Star and you say, this is what we're going to achieve, this is where we're headed. And it's big and it's scary and at times you think unachievable, but you say, that's it. And you start the process. We understand each other's motivations or purpose. We have that compelling goal, that statement that aligns us as one team. Now we needed to outline the behaviors that our team would commit to that would drive us to success, that would make this dream become reality. This is Jonathan Ronzio, and I'm here with Matt McFadden from the AIP Group. He is the EVP of Client Experience and Lead Facilitator. And uh, the AIP Group is actually a company that I linked up with back in uh, the fall of 2018, started traveling with, started speaking with, uh, and started learning from Matt and his genius about what they are delivering on the road for uh, for clients in the room uh, to inspire leaders. And, and Matt, I'll, I'll let you kind of take it from there to explain kind of who you are and, and a little bit more about the AIP Group. Well, thanks, mate. Um, so Matt McFadgen, um, as you can tell from the accent, originally from Australia, uh, but been in the United States now for almost 10 years, uh, based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and the AOP Group, our company was founded in uh, Sydney, Australia in 2002 by a high altitude mountaineer, a uh, first descent skier and a African safari guide. And these three uh, individuals that have sort of been part of and led teams to you know, some of the most extreme and most challenging environments on the planet really started to look at those elements of leadership in the adventure world and how does it translate and cross over into the corporate world. And although those two worlds seem vastly different on paper, when you really scratch the surface, the similarities there are really crystal clear around, you know, defining and aligning behind a common goal, around building a high-performing team, um, planning, preparation, and then finally, you know, executing in a constantly changing environment that is uh you know the adventure world but i think in these this day and age the uh the the the, the corporate world that we uh that we live in so really taking our experiences as adventurers and how do we actually give people an opportunity to you know live vicariously i guess through our experiences and we developed uh, uh an immersive learning uh simulated experience where we as adventurers go out and uh film uh, ourselves, you know, climbing mountains or sailing the world's oceans or surfing the biggest waves on the planet, and then come home and then build a uh, an immersive learning simulation where the audience in the uh, safety and comfort of the of the training room essentially get to live through our experiences on a, a video based uh, choose your own adventure style uh, simulation where they make critical decisions in the shoes of the adventurer, but also constantly linking back to the, the opportunities and the challenges and, and the business objectives that, uh, that our clients deal with on a daily basis. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I mean, I, I have, of course, a bias to this with uh, just my background in adventure, sports and content creation and mountaineering. And then the also combining that with the business side, I, I was just innately drawn to kind of what AIP was doing. And I remember out at uh, ATD, the Association of Talent Directors Conference and Trade Show, I think it was last May. 
so almost a year ago in uh, in San Diego, and I was walking the trade show floor and saw saw this booth that was just skinned head to toe with like the most amazing adventure graphics, like wingsuit flying and rock climbing and all, and like you know in a sea of just boring B two B software, I I was like that's where I want to hang out, and so that got the conversations going, and then of course you know continuing to get involved with the team after that, but. Um, you know, I, I do want to dig into the power of that choose your own adventure, but, uh, but speaking of the ad- adventure and a little bit more, you know, around the team and, and where the heart of that comes from, I want to hear a little bit about your backstory as an adventurer. Yeah, sure. So, uh, not only have I, you know, been a, a, a lead facilitator and a professional speaker for the last sort of, you know, 15 or so years, but also, you know, my background, like, you know, the majority of our team at, uh, the AOP group uh, come from the adventure world. So I have spent the last sort of 15 years as a professional adventurer. Uh, in that time, been part of uh, and led teams all over the world. But particularly, my background is uh, the polar regions and uh, and long distance ocean sailing. So uh, became the youngest Australian in history uh, at the age of 23 to reach the geographical North Pole on foot. Uh, and then I've been lucky enough to go back and actually reach the pole uh, uh, two other times. So in total, three times. Uh, dragging a sled across uh, the frozen Arctic Ocean for for weeks at a time. Um, I'm also a long-distance ocean sailor, so sailed uh, yachts all over the world, uh, but in particular down to Antarctica uh, on two separate occasions, one out of Sydney uh, and the other out of uh, South America. And then most recently, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, myself and a friend of mine who actually worked for us at the AOP group, he and I, uh, we we, we rode a a 17-and-a-half-foot sort of half rowboat, half sailing boat, um, across the Northwest Passage in the Canadian Arctic. So a very famous stretch of water that links uh, the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans. And we spent uh, 44 days, I think it was, uh, in that sort of part of the world that's very isolated and, and very few humans have actually ever been there before. So um, sort of, you know, traversing and, and, and trying to, you know, really go to places that very few humans um, have ever been before. But then ultimately, I guess, you know, using those experiences, as I said earlier, uh, in, into uh, our business. So, you know, the lessons, the the experiences that we've learned from the adventure world and then tying it back into uh, helping our clients um, achieve what they've set out to achieve. Now, you know, there's there's a lot of adventurers and incredible athletes out there that are doing things, you know, like that. Uh, of course, it's a very small micro percentage of the world population, but there are people doing that, that that's their whole focus. And it's all they really want to do is be out on adventures and traveling and in the mountains. And like, what what is it about you or your background that kind of, you know, sought to sought to do more with those experiences and, and kind of bridge that gap to bring those lessons back to the boardroom or the ballroom? Well, first and foremost, to make money, uh, <laughs> to make a living from it, really. I mean, yeah, you know, like I think in, in my early, you know, early 20s when I started, you know, in the world of adventure, I think it was all about, you know, could I be the next Bear Grylls and make documentaries and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think I quickly quickly realized that there's, you know, probably a, a, a large percentage of adventurers out there that are doing, you know, way bigger and better things that I did. But it was really about how can I take the, the the lessons that I've learned from the adventure world, and as I said earlier, you know, people think that the the worlds are so so different from the corporate sector into to what we do as adventurers. But uh, when you really start to look at it, there, there's some really great lessons, and, and you know, and I don't think it's just about the corporate world either. I think you know what we do at the AOP group really bridges you know personal and, and professional. 
So it's really giving people an opportunity maybe to do some self-reflection on how they can use some of these skills or, or tips and techniques to first and foremost just be better humans um, and, and, and have you know the, the most impact they can personally, um, whether that be in whatever capacity that is with their families, their communities, their whatever you know whatever it is. And then ultimately you know that is going to allow people then to be the, the happiest and healthiest they can outside of the office, which in, entail you know allows people to be happier and healthier inside the office. And I think those two things these these days are so intertwined. You know, I often say on stage when I'm working with my clients that, you know, the concept of work-life balance doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, it's work-life integration. Um, you know, we're so connected. We're, we're, we're so on all the time. We have the opportunity to, you know, check our emails from our phone at any time of the day or night. Um, so how do we actually bridge those two and, and, and you know, be the best that we possibly can outside the office that, as I said, that, you know, ultimately the best inside of the office. No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, so the, the whole, you know, how AIP delivers in the room with the adventure-based immersive learning, I mean, as somebody who has kind of kept his finger on the pulse of, of trends and, and the hottest, you know, experiential marketing tactics and event marketing and everything like that for the past four or five years working on content with Kramer, uh, it, it totally struck me as something just so powerful and so unique. And, and you, you can see it. It's palpable in the room how invested people get in, you know, as you say all the time, just the how it works video. You're explaining how the concept even, even works. And, and they're just like immediately drawn in and feel like, you know, everything is at stake as if they are in the mountains. Like what, what, is, what is it that kind of draws people in like that right from the start? It's, it's emotions. Um, you know, people get emotionally, you know, we're emotional people as human beings, you know. Um, and I think that concept of, you know, emotions in the workplace for a long period of time have been stifled. You know, you don't want to show your emotions. You don't want to be emotional at work. I think that's completely wrong. We're emotional beings. Um, so what we do at the AIP group is obviously we create an environment where people get emotionally invested in a story. And I think, you know, the story is really the, the crux of it. It's, um, you know, we're hardwired as human beings to, you know, deliver and receive information through the power of narrative, whether it be through reading books, listening to podcasts, watching movies. That, that's how we like to take in information. So what we do is we, we obviously create uh, a narrative through the adventure piece. We, you know, we use video-based immersive learning where people are transported into these environments that, let's, you know, let's be honest, are compelling. Um, you know, not everybody is going to have an opportunity to climb Mount Everest, but we create that virtual opportunity for people. Um, you know, they go and surf 50 foot waves and they're there and they're actually living and breathing it um, without having to actually, you know, strap on a, a surfboard and risk your life. So by creating a, an environment where people can get immersed in this, this new environment for people or a, a scenario or a situation that is foreign, it really taps into that emotional part of our brain. Thus, when you start to layer in business messages or key learnings or skill development, you know, the retention of that is far greater than just the traditional way of, of, of learning and development, which is, you know, deliver X amount of PowerPoint slides in a short period of time and expect people to retain that information. In the world that we live in, you know, these days, we're so overloaded by information. So how do we do it in that really emotionally compelling way, thus uh, creating 
um, higher levels of retention, uh, um, better ways to learn and, and, and better ways to then apply that into uh, both you know, personal and professional, as I mentioned earlier. Now, the, the way that people get invested in those moments and the emotions of decision making to go, you know, different directions to, to bivy up high in the mountain to wait out the storm or to descend through, av- you know, avalanche terrain like loose snowpack and uh, that kind of, you know, concept of this choose your own adventure. Obviously, it's been around for a long time with the choose your own adventure books. It's getting more popular now with, you know, series like Bandersnatch through uh through Black Mirror on Netflix, where it's this interactive programming where you can choose what happens to the character, um, especially with virtual reality and 360 degree. Like the, it's more and more today that the the viewer is able to narrate and conduct their own experience of how they how they kind of consume information. So bringing that to the room, like what what do you what do you think the the effect is of of kind of being able to choose your adventure and you know. I'm sure that after every conference or every uh, trade show or every meeting, you are walking out of there and the teams have experienced it a little bit differently because of that. Yeah, and that, that's the beauty of it. For me as a, as a facilitator, it's, it's different every time. I mean, I can deliver the same simulation, you know, hundreds of times, but the, 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 the discussions and the, the result is different. And I think what we do at the AIP group is – it's not a sort of Pollyanna-ish approach where everybody succeeds and, and summits the mountain. You know, people don't get there, and that, that's the reality of life. Um, you know, in, with the decisions that they make and, and, and the scenarios that they go through, ultimately, you know, some of the room will, will be successful, others may be not so successful. So there is some definite learnings there. So it's, it's, it's sort of real-life situations. It's not sugar-coated in a way where everybody sort of at the end of the day we all stand at the top of the mountain and rah-rah and high-five each other there's actual implications for the decisions that they make and I think that's sort of you know it, it it relates very much to the world that they live in from a corporate side of things I mean we're not always going to hit the goal the target whatever it may be there's going to be uh consequences in the decisions we make so really dissecting that and around how we make decisions and what can we learn from let's say failure um, in some capacity, and how do we how do we apply some of those learnings to the next journey, the next mountain, the next whatever it may be? So I think that's why our clients, you know, tend to you know love what we do, and obviously come back for more and more is because there is uh, an incredible uh, narrative and story, and you know it, it's delivered by people that were in you know in the mountains or, 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 or surfing the biggest waves or sailing the world. There's that authenticity that people want to hear from the people that were there, but also there's some real tangible application and learnings that come out through all of the simulations that we deliver. Yeah, I think that's such an important point to to talk about is that the fact that you won't always be successful. And just a few weeks ago, I was out actually leading a group of guys uh, on the big island in Hawaii up Mauna Kea, which is a near 14,000 foot volcano. And around 12,000 feet, I had to turn one of the guys around because I'm checking O2 saturation levels and his are dramatically, you know, they're falling rapidly and and to dangerous levels. So there was no way I was letting him go higher on the mountain. And that was, he had this emotional breakdown feeling like I, you know, I am failing what I set out to do and I can't do it when the rest can. And it was a tough thing to, to pass through. But at the same time, I look back on that trip and I would argue that he learned more than anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's life, right? It's not, uh, it's not all, you know, 
unicorns, sunshine and rainbows. I mean, I think it's probably more so the opposite in this day and age. So how do we actually look at failure as an opportunity, I think, is, is the big thing. And, you know, I, I, I kind of caveat failure. I think it's, you know, I think that word is kind of loaded. It's not really failure. I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's setbacks uh, more than anything. And how do you actually adapt to that, learn from it, and then apply those learnings into the next journey? Because, you know, let's face it, in, in what we do, you know, it doesn't matter what industry that we're in, we're always committing to the next journey. What we've got to do now, we're always looking for the next one and the next one and the next one and being asked to, to re-up over and over and over again. For sure. Now, sp- speaking of some of those learnings, when, when you apply it in the room, I know that uh, you know AIP Group has a, a wide breadth of, of skill development that you, you do as far as design thinking and building resilience and achieving peak performance. And, and one thing that I've seen uh, as you have been delivering it that's been cool is like, you know, you, you have... It's almost like you have these all in your back pocket and then based on where the conversations are going, based on how the adventure, you know, the simulated adventure is developing, you might pull in the resilience piece or pull in the mindfulness piece uh, as relevant for the moment rather than going with a set plan. Yeah, I mean, that's in my in my opinion, that's true facilitation is really letting the audience sort of, you know, create, you know, as, as a facilitator, I've got a guide and I've got an understanding of where my client wants me to end up and the objectives that we're trying to hit, but really letting the audience kind of dictate the, the, the route in which we get there. Um, so, you know, obviously pulling them into 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 line when we sort of head it down, down the, uh, the rabbit hole into things that aren't productive, but really then sort of layering in some real tangible sort of skilled development. So as you mentioned, part of what we've invested heavily in over the last five years is obviously building out our simulated experiences, but also, you know, really doubled down in the, in the concept of neuroscience and, you know, neuroscience for leaders. So how do we actually take out some of the sort of, you know, detailed white paper studies that's coming out about our brain around how do we be more productive, more effective and efficient in what we do, you know, day in, day out. So whether that be around, you know, the, the, the science of high performance, whether it be focusing on, you know, focus, attention and positivity, you know, resilience, as you mentioned, uh, you know, storytelling as a skill, performance conversations. We have a number of these sort of skill development modules that we then, you know, intertwine throughout the simulation to really maximize the investment that uh, that organizations and our clients are making to, you know, bring people together, to be in a room that they're not just going through an experience for the sake of going through it. They're learning from the, the simulation, but then we're layering in some very tangible uh, and applicable skill development modules that people can use in their day-to-day roles. Now, around those, those, some of those modules that you deliver, that you guys have developed, uh, there's one thing I want to get a little candid at the moment. I mean, we were back in February. We were up in, uh, in Vancouver and Whistler with the, the AIP group team, and uh, the founder, Shane, had mentioned that, that you actually, you know, way back in, in your earlier past, had a, a similar yet different career that once I heard what it was, made so much sense for how you deliver some of these skill development modules or some of these lessons like around understanding what motivates somebody. And, and I, I kind of want to ask you about that now. <laughs> what, what, yeah. what was that past? The comedy career. Stand up comedy, right? Yeah, so yeah, I was a stand-up comedian. Before I became a, a facilitator, um, I was a professional stand-up comedian for a number of years in my very early, uh, late teens, early 20s. So I, as a, as a front-of-room guy, I think, you know, I've, I've used that experience as a, as a comedian. I, I obviously like to bring fun and excitement to, to what we do. I think, um, 
know, again, it's, you know, part of what we, we're trying to do at the AIP group, and you sort of alluded to as you, 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 you met us at the, the ATD conference, is we really want to disrupt the whole idea of learning and development. I think it's stale and old and it's been delivered in the same way for so long that it gets sort of a, you know, it gets, it's almost a dirty word that people don't want to come to these events and they see it as a waste of time. So how do we do it in a different way? Obviously, one is 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 using, you know, the, the adventure-based simulations. But I think, you know, for me personally, as a, as a front of room person, I want to make people happy and enjoy it and have a laugh and 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 you know I, I call it focused fun you know these things have to be fun and and obviously fun in a focused way that we're, we're delivering on objectives and you know that's big investment to bring people together from around the world but yeah definitely the uh, comedy side of things um as you you you've probably seen mate uh you know, I, uh, I like to have fun up there on stage and, and make people laugh. And I think it's, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it memorable, thus uh, having a higher level of retention of the of the, the information that we're delivering people. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, it's fantastic when, I mean, if I think there are two ways to really get somebody to remember something and, and it's like tugging at the heartstrings to, you know, make them feel and, and be inspired or it's making them laugh. Cause those are the two things that when you walk away from something, you really want to share. And obviously that's the third might be make them angry. They'll talk about that too, but that's not yeah. what you want. No, we want to, we want to, we don't want to go for the third route. Uh, so I know additionally, you know, there's, there's a lot of layers here to how, uh, how AIP delivers in the room that's, that's quite unique and, uh, and really impactful. And there is an element of this live scribing too, this, this way to capture these ideas as they're said in a flow chart. I want to talk a little about that. Yeah, so at every event that we deliver um, from, you know, a few hours, whether it be a skill development module through to multi-day events, we always always have a live, what we call graphic facilitation or live scribing. So if somebody there in the room, incredibly talented people, let me let me tell you that we have uh, a number of them on our, on our staff that are able to visually capture um, on big sort of uh, phone call boards, uh, visually capture the experience. Um, you know, we do that for a number of reasons. One, it's, it's a great way of, you know, live note taking for people so they don't have to. And we always create output documents that we send to our clients, you know, within about 72 hours of the event finishing. It's a great way to recap uh, uh, the experience they went through because, you know, we are overloaded with information these days. So, you know, we don't want people to go back to business as usual. Um, so this is a way for them to recap what they did. It's a great way for them to tell the story to, you know, their teams or other people in the organization that didn't go through. And also it's really catering for the vast majority of people in the audience that their learning style, I think it's roughly 70% um, of humans are visual learners. We learn by looking at things. We learn by watching things. So really catering to, to the vast majority of the people in the audience. Now, we always cater to the other uh, parts, learning styles too, auditory learners. You know, obviously we're talking and we're, we're, we're sharing information and then kinesthetic learners that are people, a small majority of us that um, uh, like to build and touch things. So, you know, we, we obviously we do all three of those to, to engage 100% of our audiences. That's a really important thing to think about. It, just the fact that you know, so, so many speakers or uh, or development consultants or whatever, you know, they they walk in the room with a, a PowerPoint deck that is literally just you know pictures or stats, and they're speaking to it, and it's static, and they deliver it one way. And and so I think like having the the videos, having the the scribing, having the teams working together, having you with you know up there sharing a heartfelt or fun stories, like it all works together to engage all all the different ways that people learn, rather than letting somebody in the audience, 
you know, I think it comes down to attention because people in the audience aren't just sitting there sinking back into their chairs, looking at their phones. You're, you literally are, are having them, you know, in, in climbing terms, the, the whole like climb on 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 belay like uh, the getting people to shout when they're ready and you don't allow people to lose attention exactly and that's what it is it's really you know behind the curtain really it's about how do you keep people engaged for long periods of time when it's really difficult in this day and age so you know mixing things up engaging 100 percent of the audience making sure that it's not just one-way dialogue that it's interactive all of those things go a long way to delivering excellence in, 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 in what we do day in, day out. And, you know, it's a testament to, you know, our team that, you know, we work predominantly on a 100% referral business. We do little to no outside marketing. It's about people that go through it and bring us back or move to another organization or refer us to other people because what we offer is so unique and so different to what people have gone through in the past that it becomes incredibly memorable. Thus, when you layer in the, the, the you know, the, the real sort of, you know, business topics and priorities that you see, you see application and you see results. Now, what, what are the, I know this varies on a, a client to client basis based on why they're bringing you in, but what is the like overarching, you know, desired result or general outcome from walking away from having delivered the experience? Yeah, I'd probably say there's there's a couple of sort of, if I was to boil it down, sort of key areas. One is sort of alignment, I think is the big one. So, you know, a lot of our clients bring us in when they're announcing their strategy or their strategic direction for the coming year. How do we deliver that in a compelling way that, that generates that alignment piece? Thus, that when people exit the room that they're, you know, they're running in the same direction, they know what's asked of them, how how their role fits into the overarching sort of strategy. The second would be, um, you know, just the whole concept of, you know, building the team, Um, you know, coming together as an organization and uh, building and strengthening the relationships and the connections. And, you know, I always say that, you know, 99% of the problems, issues, challenges that most organizations face, the answer is somewhere in the in the organization, but how you unlock that knowledge and that information is the key. So, you know, really that sort of team alignment, uh, that, that, that concept of bringing people together and building out and strengthening connections across, you know, across different functions, across borders, across regions, whatever it may be, are probably the two real big ones. And then the third would be, obviously, you know, really double clicking into what are the what are the skills that leaders, and I, I say leaders because we define at the AOP group everyone in an organization is a leader. doesn't matter if you're an individual contributor through to the CEO. Everyone's a leader. So what are those leadership skills that people need now? But more importantly, what are the leadership skills of the future? And how do we actually equip uh, the, the people in the room with those skills that they're able to be more effective, more productive, uh, more efficient in what they do to give them a competitive advantage? Now, so what does the future of, of the AIP group look like? What, what's exciting upcoming for you? And I know that there was a, a whole big team expedition to Baffin Island that was then rolled into a uh, just a beautiful simulation. So there, there's a lot of excitement right now, but if you want to dig in. Yeah, I mean, we've got a great new simulation that is probably the most visually uh, stunning simulation that we've ever produced, you know, shot in, in, in 4K uh, drones. Uh, the team walked across Baffin Island in the Canadian Arctic. Uh, about a year year or so ago. Um, so that, that has been produced now and we're out delivering that, um, getting rave reviews from the, the, the few deliveries that we've had thus far. Um, we have some huge global programs that are, uh, that are launching right now with uh, two major technology clients that are going to see us 
uh, we'll see all of us uh, in the team um, delivering, you know, two to three day leadership programs, I think about 50 or 60 of those around the globe. Um, and then there's, you know, there's talk, obviously, you know, we try as, as a team every year or every other year to, to, to continue to, uh, you know, in the adventure world. And it's not only to build out our simulation content, but it's also to, you know, build the bench strength of leadership in our team. So I think uh, next year the team, uh, and I think, Jonathan, you're going to be with us, uh, are going to walk across uh, Greenland, uh, the ice cap in Greenland. Um, we have a, a, another project that's happening, sort of a, a little caveat or a side note um, to what we do from a corporate side of things, sort of a give back um, to the local community in uh, Pangerton, which is in um, in Baffin where the team started. Um, it was a very impactful uh, expedition, not only from the adventure side of things, but um, the team got to spend time with the local community, the Inuit community in uh, in Pangerton, um, which, you know, like a, a lot of Inuit communities around the globe, um, uh, Indigenous communities are, are struggling with a, a number of things, but the big thing that they are struggling with was uh, youth suicide. Um, so we're, we're uh, partnering with them to, to give a little back where um, hoping to, to open a youth centre up there and, and use our experiences and, you know, hopefully bring some clients along as well um, to, to experience how we can we can do some corporate give back and really have an impact instead of just writing a cheque to actually create jobs in the, in the local communities and, and, and all those things. So, yeah, there's a lot going on at the moment. It's, um, you know, it's, it, 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 it's it, uh, an exciting time. Yeah, that's uh, across the board. So awesome. So exciting. Uh, I am, of course, pumped to to be a part of it. But uh, but also just really psyched that that we were able to get you, uh, you know, on, on here to share the story to dig into kind of what makes the AIP group experience so unique and so powerful because it, it you know, again, I'll reiterate having looked into trends of everything that's happening within the experiential marketing space and brand experiences, it, it really does stand out. And so I'm, I'm glad we got to share that with readers and listeners today. Uh, so thank you again for, for being on here. No problem. Thanks for having me. To learn more about the AIP Group and connect with Matt, head on over to theaipgroup.com. And of course, to stay on top of all things experiential and event marketing, make sure you head on over to Kramer.com and subscribe to Catalyst. Dig into stories, podcasts, white papers, trend reports, and much, much more every single week to fuel your industry conversations. I'm Jonathan Ronzio. Thanks for listening.